Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. John and Noel would like to invite you to a live training and Q&A session happening on September 24th, 2019. They'll be discussing career change, the many, many different ways that you can become a coach or use coach training in your current career, and answering your questions about the $4.2 trillion wellness global economy. That's right, trillion dollar. So head over to journey.co slash career to sign up. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash career. It's time to get the skills and training you need to make a bigger impact in the world around you. And we'll see you on September 24th. Hey guys, on this episode, we're going to talk about coaching techniques to use in the workplace. Well, um, there seems to be coaching happening organically in the workplace now more than ever, no? It's, I think it's emerging. I've been talking to yeah. a lot of business owners and different leaders about what it means to create a culture that fosters well-being in your employees because let's face it, most people are miserable at work. Yeah. Why is it merging today, you think? I think that we've reached a critical point in folks waking up to the fact that chronic stress is a major contributor to illness, absenteeism. I think that companies are starting to realize that if they want to retain talent and they want to have productive employees who stay with the company and retain institutional knowledge, they have to treat them better. Yeah, I think also this idea of just having one career. Um, I know, you know, growing up, it was like you had to pick what you wanted to do. And it felt so daunting, like you're going to be, you know, a doctor or lawyer or teacher or whatever, for the rest of your life. Um, I think all that's gone now. I think people um, have many careers, they change paths all the time. And it's okay, and accepted more than ever today. And so I think because of that, uh, coaching in the workplace is, is just um, it's become, I think, more more popular, more needed. Very much so. And, you know, a lot of folks who come through the Catalyst Intensive don't want to put up their own shingle and start their own business and create content. They want to use coaching to enhance their current job, their current workplace, their current experience. And, and for a manager, oh my goodness gracious, this is the skill set that can make the difference between being a great manager and a manager that causes people to leave because you're not aware. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there also seems to be a new way of running companies. Um, this this idea of running uh, uh, teams with an iron fist is kind of fading and, and, and the new generation of startups and um, just, just a new way uh, to create a space in the workplace. Oh, yeah. Happening. And I think yeah. there's also just a, a really profound reality that millennials are changing the entire culture of work. Millennials are super yeah. sensitive. Millennials are all about feelings. Millennials don't respond well to the iron fist. 
Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, <laughs> which is great. They have low tolerance for that. They have low tolerance and they get depressed and leave jobs. <laughs> That's what's、yeah. been happening. So we need to help、yeah. these little muffins and, you know, not little muffins, but from my perspective, <laughs> little muffins,、um, help these muffins, you know, integrate into the society that we all want to build together. Yes. So let's talk about some、uh, coaching techniques, or which way do you want to go with this topic? Yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking about coaching techniques, a way to think about it is、um, a coaching technique is a way of being. A coaching technique can be an intervention when you're sitting with someone and you say, you know, I think I have a tool or a tip or a technique that would really work well for you.、Um, so let's kind of break down the difference. So, coaching、yeah. as a way of being, that would be something like mindfulness or、mm-hmm. nonviolent communication. Can I just say, I love that.、Um, when you said coaching as a way of being, as a technique,、um, It really resonates with me because I think a lot of people think techniques are interventions and, and they can be. But this idea that、um, the way that you live, the way that you are, the way that you、um, maneuver at, in the workplace,、um, that's actually a, a coaching technique. It, <laughs> a it way is. Of being. I a, love that. A way of being. So, you know, let's just take mindfulness as,、mm-hmm. as, as a way of being. Mindfulness.、Sure. Is very much a part of the coaching world. And it comes to us from a coaching perspective because when a coach is working with a client, they reserve a position of non judgment and they reserve a position of trusting the client and letting the client lead with their own agenda versus the coach's agenda. So, yeah. Yeah. And so when we're translating that, Into a workspace or into the workforce from a managerial perspective, can you imagine maintaining a position of non judgment, curiosity, and acceptance throughout your day?、Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's amazing. And the other thing that mindfulness does is it,、uh, lets, it makes people less reactive. Yes, very、yeah. much. And so, you know, combining this stance of non judgment. And lowered reactivity. Number one, it's going to take a lot of chronic stress off the shoulders of the manager, and that will have a trickle down effect into the mood, cadence, and stress experienced by the workforce. Yeah, absolutely. I think naturally,、um, before you know, the, the commercialization of wellness,、um, You had to go through a lot of life and, and kind of you know, be, be in your later years to naturally kind of calm down and,、uh, and be less reactive.、Uh, but today, I mean, millennials practicing mindfulness and, and、um, meditation and everything else,、um, they're you know, young and doing this, which is great because when I was in my 20s, I was, I was, you know, I was a walking reaction.、Um, never practiced mindfulness or any of this. So, I love that it's happening now、uh, with, the, with this new generation. Me too. And I'm really glad you brought up the point of you know, waiting to get to a place of non reactivity or there being wisdom in your older years.、Mm-hmm. That, that concept has been really lost in our current culture, and it's actually vital. There's too much pressure on young people today to. 
become the next unicorn startup to, you know, become the next NFL player to get into the best college to, you know, perform, 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 perform. And then we're seeing, you know, folks who hit 30 years old and they're exhausted. Yeah. It's because of comparison. It's because of, um, we are now able to, um, see what our neighbors are doing. It's, it's in our faces every day. Yeah. And that was never the case before. And there's really great beauty in, you know, knocking around in your 20s and then developing gravitas and wisdom in your older years. There's a reason why midlife has a certain set of expectations and responsibilities and why youth is kind of wild and open. Yes, I think uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think youth is all about exploration and splattering paint and coloring outside the lines and you know chaos and um because you 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 are going to slow down naturally and have revelations and if you don't allow yourself to be you know free and fearless and and all of that in your youth then you're not going to want to do that when you're 50 (laughs) you know it's like exactly you actually you you have regrets You'll have regrets and and you get a very siloed view of the world um, where you have blinders on and and don't see the full aspects of culture and, you know, kind of bringing it back to the workplace. I think that 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 silo effect of keeping your head down, just looking at one industry, just looking at one thing, not really having a global perspective. People don't read anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of life that's happening out there in the world that folks are just generally unaware of. But what they do have is, to your point, comparison. Yeah. So... So would you recommend that uh, uh, youth today, especially uh, in the workplace, um, recommend that they explore and they go go a little crazy or also at the same time practice uh, mindfulness? Well, from a coaching perspective, this you know points to the importance of vacations, for, both mm. for managers to grant vacation time and for folks to take it and travel and see the world and get out of their comfort mm-hmm. zone. Um, you up your capacity for creativity when you spend three days in nature. You come back renewed and refreshed and you can approach problem solving from a perspective that you weren't able to access when your prefrontal cortex is really taxed. And so kind of yeah. looking at well-being and coaching and how you can bring it into the workplace, it's creating a culture that values knowledge and exploration of the world. What if the workplace doesn't create that culture for you? Um, how do you create that for yourself? Meaning, you know, if you're not a co-founder or a boss, uh, but you're an employee. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's conversations to be had, I think, of, you know, these are my values, what are your values? And, right. you know, there's this concept of managing up. Um, managing up is when you're providing your boss with information about how to make things more effective and more efficient. And so there's a lot of really great data out there that pertains to workforce productivity, travel, vacation, rest, 
time off. And so, you know, checking in with HR, perhaps even before you take a job and say, hey, what's this company's stance on, you know, this set of values or ways of being and, and you know, kind of tailor your life to fit into um, a place that supports your needs. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, I, I think that's more important than, you know, your salary. You know, I think so many people are um, obsessed with how much they get paid, you know, and of course, benefits and all of that. But what you're talking about is actually kind of a new thing. Um, being able to be free, uh, being able to travel, take vacations, uh, insert adventure into your life. Uh, so your state is more um, it's just you're living on a higher frequency when you do work. Yeah, so that you're not burned out. And and we know yeah. for a fact that when your prefrontal cortex gets overtaxed, you lose focus and you lose productivity. Um, and there's a lot of absenteeism that happens due to sickness and depression, not folks taking their vacation. So the best thing that you can do is take your vacation. And that will stymie the flow of depression and illness. Um, I want to circle back around to, you know, a, a more micro view where folks ask me all the time, how can you tell someone they have to do their work and still be nice? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and this is such a coachable area, right? So there's, you know, going back to this concept of the iron fist, you know, what does it mean to be a boss? I think right. if you asked anybody in our company, if they view me as a boss, what do you think people would say? Um, I, I don't think they view you as a boss. Yeah. I think they view you as a, um, you know, some, so the, 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 a coworker, a friend, a companion, you know, all of that. Yeah. And that's where leadership comes in. And sure. there's such a big difference between being a leader and being a boss. You know, when you're a leader, you empower people and they're not afraid of you. And they believe that you have the capacity to take them where everyone needs to go and they feel safe and protected and they are willing to perform for you. And so when we're thinking about that from a coaching context, whether you're a coworker side by side with someone else, or it's your boss that you're dealing with, or you're a boss and you have people that you're managing, coming from a place of empathy mapping and nonviolent mm -hmm. communication is the most effective thing you can possibly do to create a leadership-driven environment. Yes, this is also um, a great road roadmap when it comes to coaching. I think a lot of people think when you're coaching, um, you are subtly being a boss or telling your client what to do, um, but you're you're actually doing what you're talking about now. You know, um, um, leading, guiding, creating that space, empowering them. Yes. So nonviolent communication is a communication approach where. It's, it's, it takes practice to really drop down and get into it, but it's mindfulness, awareness, and compassion. And when you're using words in relationship with humans, it's taking a minute to make sure that what you're saying is not going to dismantle the well-being of someone else. Mm. Because you can say a sentence 25,000 different ways. If sure. you're saying it in a way that's going to dismantle someone's well-being, you're tanking productivity in the moment, just tanking it. 
Um, but if you say something in a way that just states facts and doesn't cast blame or splatter emotion everywhere, you're keeping everybody calm and focused. Yeah, you're basically talking about um, practicing EQ in the workspace, which mm -hmm. was not the case, you know, in the 50s. No, no. So let me model it. So empathy mapping is a really interesting way to get things done. So let's say that, you know, something has gone horribly wrong or you've asked someone, whether it's a direct report, a boss or a colleague to do something for you and they've done it wrong. Mm -hmm. So a violent form of communication would be to go to that person and say, you screwed this up. This right. is a mess. What right. are we going to do? That creates And what are the consequences? Yeah, panic right. that creates yep. dismay, that you know, that lack of approval and you're, you know, who knows, you could be triggering somebody, spinning them in different directions, but if you went to somebody and and used the empathy mapping template, which is hey, and oh, by the way, this works great at home as well as at work. Um, hey, when I asked you to do this task or this project or this thing, this is what I thought was going to happen. And I was really surprised to see this whole other thing happen instead. Can you mm -hmm. walk me through the disconnect between what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened so that we can figure out together how to move this ball forward? Okay, so real quick, because I know you and your heart, that is coming from sincerity. If you don't know the person, it could also it could also come off as someone being patronizing or passive aggressive, um, depending on the tone, right? So when you're being empathetic, you truly have to be empathetic. You're not it's not you're not using it as a tactic. Yeah, and you know, yeah. honestly, I've used this technique even when I've been spitting angry, and it's come off pretty okay because you're you're externalizing the problem. You're, yeah, but you but you have to mean it. Meaning, yeah. meaning when you when you ask them questions that's coming from a caring place, you have to genuinely care, not say it because you feel like um, you have to, or uh, it's gonna get you results. Oh yeah, you can't. You know what I'm saying? Be, like, yeah, there can't be scorn involved. Right, right. That, right. That, you know, that's going back to Gottman's The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. It's, um, right. you know, derision, scorn, emotional stonewalling, um, insults, you know, all that stuff yeah. Can't, yeah. can't be in there. But if you're having a hard time controlling your emotions in a given scenario, you can take empathy mapping and nonviolent communication scripts and just read them like a robot. And people yes, may and think you're what, weird, but you'll be effective. Right. And here's what I love about this. And if you're listening, um, and this is something that resonates with you, uh, with your career, what you're doing at work, uh, you could actually, by uh, being this way, empathy map mapping and nonviolent communication and all the things we're talking about, uh, you could actually change the, the temperature of the room. You could actually change the dynamic of a relationship. Uh, it's hard to do because you're you're being you're in a way you're kind of being the bigger person, or you're uh, you know responding is a lot harder than to react, right? So, um, but the 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 thing is that you could actually change relationships by doing this yourself. Oh my goodness! I have a really great case study. So I have a client who is a therapist uh, for the military, and she works on a base. 
And, you know, it's a it's an environment where everybody works hard. They deal with a lot of really difficult cases. And she has a boss, a new boss, who came to her and said, hey, every so often, I'd like you to just pop into my office and I'd like to sit down and I want to hear about your life. And I want to hear about how you're doing as a human. Mm -hmm. My client had a really suspicious reaction to that request. And she said, I don't have time for chit chat. I respect this person too much to just pop into her office and gossip. And so I said, you know, let's use empathy mapping and try to understand why your boss might be making this request. Mm. And where we arrived at is this boss is responsible for a whole lot of people. And the therapists that she deploys are responsible for handling very sensitive cases. And so if one of her therapists is not well, is taxed, is overstressed, or is dealing with something in their own life, they won't be able to be effective. And so right. what my client perceived as a request for too much personal information and gossip was probably her boss wanting to have a holistic view of her employees' lives so she could know that they had the bandwidth to get their job done. Mm. That's a great story and a great reminder. Yeah, and it was a game yeah. changer to step back and, and, and rather than turning the mirror towards the self of like, what does this person want to know about my life for? To say, wow, there actually might be a benefit here from a holistic perspective. Yeah. I want to say that, you know, um, even though we're talking about the workspace and you just mentioned this, what we're talking about, uh, bring this home, <laughs> bring this to your friends. This isn't just for the workplace. What you're talking about is uh, a way of living that I think can just just uh, make the world better. Oh, know? yeah. When you take the time to consider what someone else might be going through it has the capacity to crack you open in ways oh, yeah. that you never imagined. Yeah. And I got to say, and maybe we could end with this, that um, this is actually what I think the world needs the most right now. Yes. Yes. Guys, thank you for listening. And whether you uh, uh, are a founder or a CEO or an employee, it doesn't matter um, what hat you wear. Um, this is this is just just a new way to be and by being this way you are actually uh, using coaching techniques in your workplace yes thank you so much john yes thank you for practicing this in our company <laughs> i'll talk to you soon yeah bye john and noel would like to invite you to a live training and q a session happening on september 24th 2019 they'll be discussing career change the many, many different ways that you can become a coach or use coach training in your current career and answering your questions about the $4.2 trillion wellness global economy. That's right, trillion dollar. So head over to journey.co slash career to sign up. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash career. It's time to get the skills and training you need to make a bigger impact in the world around you. And we'll see you on September 24th.